The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everybody. Happy Tuesday. A major announcement from the White House overnight. And it's concerning the health of the First Lady. It's September 5th. This is today. Positive. Dr. Jill Biden comes down with the virus after spending the long holiday weekend with her husband. The First Lady now recovering at their home in Delaware. The president back at the White House being tested and monitored. We'll have the latest and the potential impact on a major trip just days away. Gridlock, a mass exodus underway at Burning Man after severe flooding led to chaos at the popular festival. We're making it out. <laughs> The line of cars and RVs stretching for miles as people who made it out share their stories. We're there live. September scorcher, 45 million Americans facing a post-Labor Day heat wave. Record high temperatures stretching from the Midwest all the way to New England. Al's got your full forecast. New twist, convicted killer Alec Murdoch seeking a new trial. Just ahead, what we're learning about the mystery evidence that his attorneys say they have just discovered. Close calls. With millions of kids heading back to school this week, a renewed focus on school bus safety. This morning, your first look at new technology that can help keep students safe. High-speed vehicle approaching. The Today exclusive all parents need to see. Those stories plus, Spotless, the unique giraffe born at a zoo in Tennessee who made fans around the world this summer is about to learn her name. And she's with us live for the big reveal. Today, Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Uh, good to see you. Welcome to today. We're happy that you're with us on this Tuesday morning. And we're together after a little time off. We're so happy. We, I jumped out of bed before the alarm. I'm so happy to be here, be back with everyone. We're reunited. We got Mr. Roker here. You knew that was going to work. Guys, it's the first day of school around the, yeah. the country. I mean, it's good. It's Let's happening. go. Yeah. And, of course, it's the day after Labor Day. You'd think it'd be fall and we're getting yeah. those cooler temps. Mm-mm. Parents and teachers going across the country and for tens of millions. It's going to feel like a summer record-setting high temps. 10 to 20 degrees above average. Look at that. Al will tell us all about it in a moment. Look forward to that. But first, we're going to start with that breaking news overnight. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden testing positive for COVID after traveling with her husband throughout the long holiday weekend. This comes ahead of a major overseas trip for the president, who so far has tested negative. NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander joins us now with details. Hey, Peter, good morning. What do you know? Hoda, good morning to you. The First Lady's office says that Dr. Biden is experiencing mild symptoms right now that she'll remain at their home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, while the president is here at the White House. This is the second time that she has gotten COVID. The first was last 
August. The president, you'll remember, uh, remember, had it weeks earlier then. They both took Paxlovid back then. They had no serious symptoms. It follows a Saturday trip together to Florida where both the president and the first lady toured the disaster zone after Hurricane Adalia. They met with local uh, leaders and residents there, spent Sunday together in Rehoboth. The White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, she says the president tested negative last night, that he will be tested at a regular cadence this week while monitoring for symptoms. Of course, as the oldest president in the U.S., President Biden's age has come under scrutiny ahead of the 2024 election. He and the first lady have both been vaccinated and received multiple booster shots, Hoda. Yeah, Peter, I mean, they obviously they spent a lot of time together this weekend yeah. and there is a high profile trip on the horizon here. So how worried is his team that that trip may be impacted? Yeah, this is a big visit with world leaders. And right now there is no indication that her having COVID will have any impact on his scheduled trip to the G20. He is set to leave Washington on Thursday. Of course, that all changes if he tests positive. But at least for now, his public schedule is unchanged today. He's going to be hosting, awarding the Medal of Honor to an Army veteran right here at the White House. Hoda. All right, Peter Alexander Force there at the White House. Peter, thank you. We turn now to the new chaos at Burning Man. This is a live look in the Nevada desert where thousands of participants are now slowly making their way out of that annual festival and this backup that you see there ignited by a massive rainstorm that turned the area into a muddy mess over the long holiday weekend and thousands were stranded. NBC's Liz Kreutz is there for us this morning. Hi, Liz. Good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. We are here at what is called the gate. It is the main entrance into and out of Burning Man. Less than 24 hours ago, this road here behind me was covered in mud, making it hard to get around. But as you can see now, it is drying up and thousands of festival goers are making their way out, leaving a Burning Man they won't soon forget. Mud, muck, and now gridlock. That was the scene Monday as thousands of burners made their way out of the Nevada desert any way they could. So what's your plan to get out? Uh, hitchhike, get, I don't know. The exodus slow and grinding. A caravan of cars and RVs crawling their way towards civilization. We're making it out. <laughs> the trek out of the slowly drying mud taking some more than six hours. The backup stretching for miles. This was not how Burning Man was supposed to go. Friday, six days into the week-long festival celebrating art, music, and community, a deluge turned the dry desert into a giant muddy mess. For some burners, the rain did nothing to dampen their spirit. This has given us the opportunity to rise to radical self-reliance and to support each other in the community. For others, the mud was more than they bargained for. I was scared. I didn't know what we were going to do. Two months of rain in two days, forcing authorities to close roads in and out of the massive pop-up city, stranding thousands. Over the weekend, Burning Man CEO Marion Goodell preaching patience. There's no great chaos. There's no great panic. Some opting to hike out, including celebrities. We ventured out with uh, Josh Kushner and Carly Kloss and Cindy Crawford and Chris Rock and some writers, and we just, we decided all let's go together. DJ Diplo, who's been to 12 Burning Mans, says the six-plus mile schlep through the slop was all part of the experience. It felt like we had a little victory, a little battle on that day, and it was it felt nice. Monday, even amid the exodus, the festival continued undaunted, concluding with its symbolic grand finale, the burning of the man. The Burning Man flame as bright as ever. 
And authorities have now identified that person who died. The next of kin has been notified. It could take weeks before a cause of death is known. But authorities, the sheriff's department and festival organizers say there's no indication it was connected to the weather. Savannah. Early in the morning there. We see that traffic behind you, Liz. Thank you very much. We've got another weather event impacting tens of millions heading back to work and back to school after the long holiday weekend. We're talking about extreme heat. The central and eastern United States baking under temperatures we'd normally see right smack in the middle of summer. Let's head over to Mr. Roker, get a check of the forecast. Hey, Al. Well, I thought I'd give us a little. What are you doing? I thought I'd give us a little, a little amuse-bouche, a little palate cleanser. <laughs> this is Utah. Parts of Utah already wow. seeing snow. The ski resorts there. So this is coming for us. But in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, we got heat to talk about. Forty-five million people from Texas to the Upper Mississippi River, River Valley, actually up to forty-seven million now, all the way here into the Northeast. We are looking at more than eighty records possible. Grand Rapids, Caribou, Maine. Washington, D.C., Waterloo, Iowa, San Angelo, Texas, Bryson City, Raleigh may see. And then we've got those temperatures still warm, still high humidity levels and records possible in Baltimore, Fayetteville, down to Tallahassee, Wichita Falls, Galveston. This frontal system, though, will push through and bring some relief into the Great Lakes in the Northeast by the weekend. Uh, 91 in New York City on Thursday, 82 by Saturday, 94 in Baltimore Thursday, Saturday, 85, 75 on Saturday in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati in the 70s. But unfortunately for our friends down south, Houston triple digits into the weekend. Upper 80s for Atlanta, mid-90s for Tampa. Dallas will see triple digits as well. So down south, no relief. But here in the Northeast, by the time we get to the weekend, everything's okay. Okay, Al, thank you. We move to Pennsylvania now in the intense manhunt for a dangerous fugitive who escaped from prison late last week. A recording of the man's own mother is now being used to encourage him to surrender. NBC's George Solis joins us with that story. George, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. Things here just as tense as ever. Road closures seemingly changing by the minute. Daniello Cavalcante, the convicted killer, has been on the run now nearly a week. But authorities are confident he is still in this area as there have been multiple sightings. The search intensifying. This morning, Pennsylvania State Police officially taking over the manhunt, saying they're confident they're closing in on convicted killer Daniello Cavalcante. I want to push him hard. He'll make mistakes. Three days ago, police releasing this doorbell cam video of the 5-foot, 120-pound fugitive. Authorities indicating there have now been four confirmed sightings within a two-mile radius of the Chester County Prison where Cavalcante escaped Thursday morning. This most recent sighting taking place over the long holiday weekend. It was uh, a trooper, actually, that observed him uh, in some distance, uh, gave chase, but was unable, uh, because of the terrain and some, some other obstacles there, was unable to get to him. Authorities believe Cavalcante is hiding out in a heavily wooded area and growing more desperate as they close in. The only thing I had to defend myself was a picture frame. Brian Drummond believes his home may have been one of those hiding spots. Drummond, after seeing an intruder, flickered the lights to show he knew someone was there. And then he flipped the light switch back a few times, which was the real panic moment. Drummond and his wife called 911, and he says he watched the man leave his house. How hard was your heart racing? It was like a moment of disbelief. You know, it's like, yes, my heart was beating fast. Cavalcante was convicted last month and sentenced to life in prison for the brutal stabbing death of his ex-girlfriend. Authorities say he's also wanted for a 2017 homicide in his native Brazil. Police have been playing audio recordings from choppers and patrol cars of Cavalcante's mother speaking in Portuguese, pleading for her son to turn himself in. 
They're also asking residents to remain vigilant. We're just scared, you know? Paranoid. Paranoid, yeah. We're ready for it to be over. And to call police if they see anything suspicious. Now, authorities still aren't saying how Cavalcante escaped from the Chester County Prison, but state police did say they are willing to use deadly force if necessary, and there's still a $10,000 reward on the table for any information that leads to his capture. Savannah? All right, George Solis, thank you. 12 minutes after 7, time to say hello to Craig this morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Hey, to Savannah. Good to see both of you. Good morning to you as well. There is word this morning of a potential meeting tied to the war in Ukraine that will be closely watched by officials here in the United States. According to a new report, North Korea's Kim Jong-un may soon travel to Russia for direct talks with Vladimir Putin. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, has more on this one. So, Keir, first of all, I mean, obviously, this is a is a significant meeting. What might it mean for the war in Ukraine? Well, that's right, Craig. Well, listen, one measure of how big a deal this truly is is how uncomfortable the Kremlin sounds this morning. Spokesman Dmitry Peskov refusing in the past few hours to confirm that President Putin plans to meet North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and discuss weapons, answering, we have nothing to say on this topic, while a spokesperson for the National Security Council saying this morning that Kim Jong-un expects leader-level diplomatic engagement in Russia. Now, Craig, we reported from Russia's Far East the last time Kim met Putin in 2019, Kim traveling by train to Vladivostok. The New York Times quotes U.S. officials saying he plans to do the same again this month. In recent years, Kim has more often been seen overseeing his missile program, even taking his young daughter with him. But last month, he met Russia's defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, in North Korea. And this morning, the National Security Council says Shoigu was trying to convince Pyongyang to sell artillery ammunition to Russia for its war in Ukraine. Now, Craig, one possibility this morning is that the Biden administration has publicized Putin and Kim's plan to try to prevent the meeting from actually happening and a deal being done. So, so Kira, obviously, Russia, China is going to great lengths to try to build this partnership uh, with, with Russia. What's what's the perhaps big picture strategy here? Do we know? Yeah, you'll remember just before the full-scale invasion of Ukraine, China's President Xi and President Putin declared a no-limits partnership. Now, Craig, both leaders have announced they won't attend the G20 in India this month, will instead meet in China at an international conference on China's trillion-dollar Belt and Road Investment Program. While the Financial Times has reported Putin has invited North Korea to join China and Russia in joint naval exercises. So, Craig... All of this framing what will be a crucial few months of diplomacy with the U.N. General Assembly around the corner and a muted meeting between President Biden and President Xi still uncertain, Craig. All right. Our chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons. Keir, thank you. Uh, we got record highs in the Northeast. Uh, it's going to be just brutal out there. The humidity level just uh, just nasty out. We're going to be looking at severe storms as a frontal system makes its way across the Great Lakes. Heat advisories down through Texas. And again, we may be seeing some wreckage there out west. Plenty of sunshine. Again, the heat is on through the four corners. Look for sunny skies into the Pacific Northwest. And that's your latest weather. Guys, thanks, right. Al. Thank you, Al. Coming up, the Alec Murdoch case back in the spotlight. As the convicted killer is now seeking a new trial, Aaron McLaughlin on the story for us. Hi, Aaron. Good morning. Good morning, Savannah. That's right. Six months after he was convicted of killing his wife and son, Alec Murdoch is pushing for a new trial. Coming up, I'll have new details on the evidence his lawyers claim could secure him a second chance at freedom. 
All right, Aaron, thank you. Plus, it's a big back-to-school day across the country. A lot of parents putting their kids on school buses this morning. We will have a first look at new technology aimed at keeping them safe as they get on and off of those buses. But first, this is Today on NBC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So many unforgettable moments with Jimmy Buffett and Al. You guys had a special bond. Just a gentleman. Just continue to remember him and the impact he had on music. Just people's hearts are really going out to the whole family Mm. there. He was a regular on our concert Mm. stage over the years, wasn't he? I mean, I tell you, when we knew Jimmy Buffett was coming, everybody had a smile on their face because he just exuded joy. He brought such a positive attitude and just a down-to-earth guy. I mean, here's this guy worth a billion dollars, but yet... He treated everybody from the cast, the crew, to everybody. He was a legend. He's so warm and usually not wearing shoes. We'd be all barefoot with Jimmy. Um, Just ahead, there are some new tributes we want to tell you about it. Jimmy's sister speaking Mm -hmm. out. So we'll uh, share some more love for Jimmy when we go forward this morning. But we are going to start this half hour with new developments in the Alec Murdoch case. Just months after that, South Carolina jury found him guilty of killing his wife and son. Murdoch's lawyers are now seeking a new trial based on what they say is recently discovered evidence. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin joins us with the very latest on this. Hi, Aaron. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Alec Murdoch was sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison for the brutal murders of his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. Now, as lawyers are claiming, there is new evidence that could win the convicted murderer a new trial. Days after his son, Buster, spoke out in his father's defense. It was the defining moment of one of the biggest trials in South Carolina history. Guilty. Alec Murdoch found guilty of murdering his wife, Maggie, and his son, Paul. Sean killed in June 2021 on Moselle, the prominent family's hunting property outside Charleston. 
Now, six months after the dramatic verdict, Alec Murdoch's attorneys say they filed a motion for a new trial. Two sources familiar with the defense's motion telling Craig that Murdoch's team is alleging that they have uncovered evidence of jury tampering, adding that at least two of the jurors have hired lawyers. The surprise announcement aiming to undo what a jury decided in less than three hours. Earlier this year, three of the jurors telling today Alec Murdoch's own testimony worked against him. Do you think he hurt himself by taking the stand? Did he make it worse? I think he did. Yes. Why? He's a lawyer. He's able to be emotional with cases. He knows, like what she said, when to turn it on and off. Last week, Alec's only surviving son, Buster, proclaiming his father's innocence. In an exclusive interview for the Fox Nation docuseries, The Fall of the House of Murdoch, saying, I don't think that he could be affiliated with endangering my mother and brother, but calling it a fair assessment that Alec has characteristics of a psychopath. Buster also weighing in on the jury and its verdict, explicitly questioning their decision. Sources tell NBC News Murdoch's attorneys are planning to reveal that new evidence at a news conference later today. Guys. All right, Aaron, thank you. It sets us up for our senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. Here we go again with the Murdoch trial. Yeah, so, I mean, let's let's just start with this evidence of jury tampering that allegedly is going to be revealed at this news conference in a, in a few hours. How steep of a hill do they have to climb to get a new trial? It's a really high bar to get a, a new trial in South Carolina and basically everywhere. It can't just be a regurgitation of arguments that you already heard at trial. It has to be something that you found afterwards that's so significant, it actually would have changed the verdict. It has to be that they're going to put forward evidence and put forward potentially even jurors to say, we would have found him innocent, but for whatever tampering happened. Well, I mean, when you're talking about tampering, is, mm-hmm. could it be something as simple as uh, they read some articles and they mm-hmm. shouldn't have? I mean, what what's the gamut of conduct we might be talking about? And as mentioned, I think two of the jurors have lawyers mm-hmm. now, so that kind of raises some, some eyebrows as well. Well, his lawyer has already hinted that it has to do with some outside side influence. So could it be a person who talked to them who wasn't supposed to? It could be that they read something. But again, would that really be enough if there was overwhelming evidence, not just, uh, you know, of the financial issues that the judge let in, but all the other evidence, right? We all sat through that trial. We all listened to that evidence. And remember, the judge who's going to be deciding this Mm -hmm. issue in the first instance is the same judge who was presiding over the trial, Judge Newman. I, I mean, Laura, the reality is, even if, you know, in some universe, he gets a new trial. And right. if in some universe he manages to get exonerated during that new trial, he's still going to spend the rest of his life in prison on just the financial crimes. That's the thing. Remember, he's already expected to plead guilty to numerous financial crimes in federal court, and then he's still facing 99 charges of financial crimes in state court. So even if he gets a new trial on this, he's still going to spend a considerable amount of time in prison. But you can understand, if there is actual evidence of jury tampering, why they want to bring mm-hmm. this forward. Sure. All, right. All right. Laura, thank you very yeah, much. Good to see you guys. Coming up, touching tributes for a music all-star. We are going to remember the life and legacy of Smash Mouth co-founder Steve Harwell. And Carson, he'll share his personal connection with the singer in the hit 90s band. Also, here's a story that all parents need to see. It's our first-hand look at something new to improve school bus safety. Hey, good morning, guys. Kids rely on school buses to get them safely to and from class. I'm Vicki Wynn. Coming up, I'll have an exclusive look at new technology that can help keep our students safer. That's next, right here on Today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. We're back 738 with our Back to School Today series. Yeah, a lot of kids getting back to the classroom this morning. Many are getting there by bus. Yeah, so NBC's Vicki Wynn is here with an exclusive first look at something that could make it safer for all these mm-hmm. kids going back to school by bus. Hi, good morning, Craig, Savannah, and Hoda. Morning. It's good to see you. Yeah, that yellow school bus is an iconic American staple. And according to federal data, buses are one of the safest ways for students to get to and from school. But getting on and off those buses can pose a really serious danger because of passing cars. Even when school buses have these stop signs out, it is estimated millions of drivers blow right past them every year. We have a look at the high-tech solution that aims to save lives. This is video from a school bus in North Carolina. Watch as the students on the left attempt to cross the road to board the bus, but then are nearly run over. And this Ohio bus driver hailed as a hero after saving a student from being hit by that car. These incidents are known as stop arm violations. A new survey estimates this happens more than 43 million times every year. These stop arm violations can have deadly consequences. According to a government report, 13-year-old Evelyn Gurney was run over and killed by a driver in Wisconsin as she prepared to board her bus. The report stated the stop arm was deployed when the driver swerved around it and struck her. But new technology aims to make it safer for students by enabling buses to communicate directly with cars. I'm here in Indiana at the test track for IC Bus. It's the nation's largest bus manufacturer, and I'm going to show you for the first time how it all works. It's called Cellular Vehicle to Everything, or CV2X for short, and it's being developed by dozens of automakers and tech companies, including Audi and IC Bus. It just takes safety to the next level. With me is Justina Morrison from IC Bus. The bus driver slows down and extends the stop sign. Heading toward us is a car also outfitted with CV2X technology. That screen alerts the bus driver of the approaching vehicle. Near my vehicle in motion. As the car gets closer, the technology senses it has not slowed down, once again warning the bus driver, don't let kids off that bus. High-speed vehicle approaching. What is that screen telling the bus driver right now? It's telling the bus driver how fast the car is approaching, how close the car is to the school bus, as well as from what direction that car is approaching the bus. So we saw how this tech works on buses, but what about for drivers of other cars who really need to know where those kids are? With me is Palm Mohotra from Audi to talk about what the experience is like behind the wheel. Palm, how will this prevent crashes? 
So the technology that we have in the Audi e-tron actually communicates directly with the school bus up to 10 times a second. And it doesn't matter if the driver in the vehicle is actually able to see the other vehicle or not because it can look around corners, it can sense a vehicle through an obstruction like another vehicle. And this is how we prevent accidents on the road and save lives. Let's see how it works. This time the bus is stopped, but I can't see it because it's hidden from view by that semi-truck. As I approach, I get a warning on my dashboard. Wow, so Palm, I don't even see a bus or any stop signs, but already the car is telling me something's ahead. Exactly, and it's telling you heads up, you need to slow down. Okay, let's see what happens when I don't slow down. And there's the warning. It gives me an extra time to react, and that can be the difference between life and death. Absolutely. We try it again, now with the semi-truck behind the bus as I maneuver to pass it. This is a very real scenario. A big rig slowed down in front of me, I don't see anything, so I'm just gonna change lanes around it, but I'm already getting an indication. There's a school bus. Now I'm getting the stop indication. And if I don't stop, there's that alert. And I had plenty of time to stop. And CV2X isn't limited to buses and cars. It can be used to alert drivers to approaching emergency vehicles, upcoming construction zones, bicycles, even pedestrians, as long as they're equipped with the cellular technology. But the safety benefit that it delivers on the road is incredible. Incredible safety when everything on the road can communicate so we can avoid scenes like this. Yeah, I know. Pay attention, folks. While Audi has been a leader in developing this technology, nearly every automaker is working to get this into their cars as quickly as possible. Audi is hoping to have it come as a standard technology piece in its vehicles within three to five years. If that seems like a while from now, get this. The FCC set aside the bandwidth to make this all possible back in 1999. The goal eventually is for cars to really communicate with other vehicles, traffic lights, pedestrians via cell phone technology so we can avoid crashes and make the roads safer. Seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, it does. But, you know, there's a lot of stakeholders. A lot of conversations have to be had. And how many alerts is too many alerts? So they've got to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Thank Thank you, Thank you. Let's get another check of the forecast. Hey, Al. Hi, guys. Good morning. We're looking at record highs in the northeast into the Great Lakes. It's going to be toasty all the way down into the southeast. Uh, Heat advisories through Texas with records setting there. We're looking at severe storms pushing across the northern Mississippi River Valley, western third of the country, looking sunny as well. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right. Al, thank you. Coming up, we're going to honor the songs and spirit that made Jimmy Buffett one of a kind and one of our favorite guests around here. Very favorites. Uh, But first, we've got a special morning boost featuring this unique spotless giraffe born at a Tennessee zoo. So what's her name? The votes are in and we're going to reveal the winner live coming up right after this. We are back. Okay. Yes. Reunited. We're all here, Carson. Carson. Welcome. Now we're talking. First How are you? Yeah. Well, Good to see yeah. you all. Okay, guys, we got to get a morning boost. Being together is one boost, but we've got a really cute one. We've been waiting for this one, guys. This is real cool. So last month, we introduced you to a rare baby giraffe born without any spots at Bright's Zoo that's in Limestone, Tennessee. Now, they say... She's one of a kind living in the world. The spotless superstar captured our hearts in the zoo asked, well, here's a question. What should we name her? Well, 40,000 people from all around the world weighed in. So here were the choices. Kipiki, Furwali, Shakiri, and Jamela. Hmm. So which was chosen? Uh-huh. Let's get the exclusive name reveal. We got David Bright, the director of Bright Zoo. David, good morning. Good morning. Well, morning. we've waited long enough, David. We've been wondering for the past couple of weeks. We haven't slept. So <laughs> what? what is the winning name? Name. 
Oh no, we wait, 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 again. Wait, you froze. Again. Say it one more time. Kipiki. Yeah. Kipiki. Kipiki, which means unique. And it I was lost kind, $100. It was kind of, it was close, but 36%. Why do you think that Kipiki became the winning name? Uh, from a lot of guests we talked to, that was the easiest name for a child to say. <laughs> it's cute and a good nickname, Kip or Kippy. But David, I mean, you're a private zoo. You, I heard that you got nearly 40,000 votes. And you guys were like p- counting them hand by, you know, no. by hand on the comment section. Is that right? Oh, I think we lost his. Here we go. Oh, oh no. We lost his but we can see Kippy right behind him. Yes. Kippy yeah. Are you with us, David? Or? They're dialing back in. They're yes. Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, I was just asking about the voting because you got you were overwhelmed with votes and you're just a private zoo. Were you counting them by hand? How did you figure this all out? So we ended up using a program oh. to take all oh. the comments, put them into Excel, and then we were able to sort that Excel spreadsheet out and then hand count all the wow. different votes. Five weeks old now. Yeah. What's what's Kipiki like, David? Uh, she's still very laid back. I'm curious about everything, checking everything out every day. David, quickly, remind people how rare this is, the Kipiki is spotless. So the last one this happened was 1972 in Tokyo, Japan. Wow. So there are no other living giraffe of this color. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. You got to go visit Kipiki. Visit Kipiki in Limestone, Tennessee, Bright's Mm -hmm. Zoo. David, thank you for being up with us. We so appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Kipiki, I like it. That's cute. Cameras where you like get it. like they do with the sea life. Giraffe it's cam. A giraffe cam. We yeah. watch yeah. Kipiki. I like that. All times. I wonder nice. if, like, will and she ever get David spots too. or is that it? No, they said no. <laughs> no, no spots. No spots. Okay. Cool. Uh-uh. All right, guys, coming up on Popstar, we've got news that Rolling Stones fans have been waiting 18 long years for. We'll let you know about that and a whole lot more that's developing. 